guys, how's it going? So I don't love handshaking. I'm kind of, I'm not like an introvert. I'm like an extroverted introvert. I don't love that. So whenever I preach, I make sure we do it so I don't have to do it. Uh, so take that. Just kidding. Thank you all for shaking hands. Uh, my name is Mike. I am uh, the executive pastor of operations is my fancy title here. Um, I, a lot of people don't know who I am. Um, we have a, our staff, I think, does a good job of not needing uh, attention. I think sometimes people think that I'm, I just like hang out in the lobby and say hi on Sundays and that's, that's what I do here at the church. Um, I do other things. Um, I'm in charge of operations here, programming, staff, all that stuff. I'm in charge of that. Just kind of just an FYI for you to know what we do, I think, is part of our operations. It's important for you guys to know who the people are at the church. So that's what I do here. Every now and then I get to teach. I'm excited about it today. Um, it's uh, Pastor Larry's not here. He's on vacation. They were in Colorado. It was like, he texted me the other day and he's like, it's 32 and we're on a mountain with snow. And I was like, oh, that sounds so great. I was so, let's, uh, I mean, that sounds amazing. But that's okay. 95 is cool too. Also, I thought it was supposed to be like cool this weekend. I, what, what happened to that? I thought, I thought the 80s were going to be a thing, but no, it's, it's the 90s. It's fine. It's where we live. It's fine. I won't act surprised anymore. It's Texas. It's hot. That's just the way it is. Um, I'm pumped to be talking to you guys today. Uh, I'm going to kind of, it's going to be a little bit different, um, different message today. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to be pretty much the bulk of my message is a story uh, about me. Um, some of you may be disappointed to know that I'm not uh, perfect, <laughs> um, and I'm going to share some of that with you today, uh, and hopefully that through my story, maybe you guys get something out of it for yourself. Uh, I, I'll be totally transparent. The last few years for me um, have been tough. I consider myself a very joyful person, uh, a very patient person, a uh, person with lots of self-control, you know, really someone who kind of good with the fruits of the Spirit, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I had pretty good grip on that. And then, I don't know if you guys remember, we had a pandemic a few years ago, um, and it was not that great. Um, and it really did something to me, not like the actual sickness of it, but just like something happened during that period of time. Uh, and I can't explain it, but I kind of lost some of my fruits, if you know what I mean. Like it seemed like my, my joy started doing this, like I don't know what was going on, but it just started kind of going down, right? Maybe this is some of you. My anger, kind of like, that I never really had before, started kind of doing this, right? And it was like a slow thing, it wasn't anything major. I would notice it here and there. And then over the last like past year or so, I really started to notice it a lot. So I have, I'm in what we call, you know, a busy season of life. I know that's what we like to say as parents, right? So I have, I'm married, this is our, whoops, 18th, <laughs> around 18 years of marriage. It's 18, I'm pretty sure. I'll get it right for second service. 18 years of marriage, it's fine. She's not here in this service, she'll be in the next one. I'll get it right for that one. Um, 18 years of marriage, which are great. I love it and I love my life. I have three kids. I have a 15-year-old, I have a nine-year-old, I have a four-year-old, so I got them all over. We spread them out. That way, one of them will always like me. That was my, my strategy going in. <laughs> one of them's gonna like me, because one of those ages, usually one of them will like me. So once my teenager gets older and I've got two teenage girls, I think my older one's gonna come back and we're gonna be buddies and he'll like me then. Um, so it's just kind of, we like each other, but you know what I mean. So it's just kind of the season of life. It's a busy season of life. You know, pretty normally the schedule is, you know, get up, work out, take the kids to school, come to work, come home, 
you know, give my wife a high five as she's going out to pick up one kid as I grab one kid to take them to practice. Then we kind of flip and then the other one picks the other kid up at practice. Um, and then we come home and like on the way home, it's very much like a, okay, here's how it's gonna go. You have seven minutes to eat. You have four minutes to take a shower. You're gonna brush your teeth. We're gonna go to bed, you know, before midnight tonight. Like this is, it's, this is just how it goes. It's a busy season. It's fine. I love the season of life I'm in. I will not trade it for anything. I know as soon as it starts to go away, I'm gonna want it back. But within this season, and for whatever has happened over the last couple of years, I have become kind of a problem uh, in the fact that m my goal, and this is, I'm not trying to be churchy in saying this. This is what I've learned over 41 years of life. As a Christian, as a believer, my goal is to look like Jesus. Like that's kind of all I care about, really. I, I, I mean, money's cool, so I've heard. Uh, <laughs> there are things in life that, that you know, the fancy car's great, like the cool vacations, like all, all the stuff, like that's awesome, that's great. I've just kind of seen like for me, as someone who really just strives, like honestly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that, like I just wanna look like Jesus. Like, that's just kind of it. You know, for my kids, and when I struggle, like their grades or their attitude, all this stuff, like the bottom line, when my kids get older, I kind of just want them to look like Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I want. I want them to love Jesus and look like Jesus. We talk about the kingdom a lot here the last several weeks of this idea of we had God's space and man's space and we were together, and then there was sin and we were separated, and then God found a way to kind of bring us back together here through Jesus, and like we have Jesus inside of us and that spirit, and through that spirit that comes out of us, we're able to kind of show the kingdom, see, they get it, here on earth, right? That's what I'm after. I wanna be a part of the kingdom here on earth. That's what I wanna be a part of. I want other people to see it. <laughs> That's great. The problem with that for me became, I don't think I was doing a very good job at it. I mean, I work at a church, that's cool. I know the churchy things to say, you know what I mean? I know what to say, I know what I want, I know what I'm telling my kids to do, but as far as actually showing it to my kids, I think I was doing a lousy job. I know I was doing a lousy job. I was doing a lousy job, right? And so it really got to a point where it started, I think, coming out in different areas of my life. You probably, none of you probably ever noticed any of this stuff, but it's just a little bit of a change slowly, worse and worse and worse, to where I'm not looking how I wanna look. I've also got some questions in my life. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Lots of questions. I don't know what I'm gonna be when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like kind of those kinds of questions. Like what's, what's supposed to be happening? A lot of questions, a lot of anger, not a lot of joy. And so it kind of came to this point in talking with, with our elders and with Pastor Larry where they said, we need to take a sabbatical. Like it's, it's time for a sabbatical, we need, which, is, which is church talk for basically like a long vacation, right? So there's more to it than that, but essentially just take some time off. Like we gotta, we gotta figure things out a little bit. We gotta, we gotta get things under control a little bit with what's going on. Okay, so I take a sabbatical, right? And my goal of this sabbatical, this is, I'm gonna present this in like a clean way just so you guys can understand it. This is not how my brain goes, but essentially we got to the point where I want to figure out how do I look more like Jesus. I'm not looking more like Jesus. How do I look more like Jesus? How do I get answers to the questions that I've got with my life? These are the big things for me, right? So I take my sabbatical, and I'm, it takes me a while to kind of get here, but I'm like, all right, let's, let's kind of break this thing down in, into what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do here, right, I want to look like Jesus, so what do I do? 
right? So maybe you're here today, maybe, this, maybe, maybe you're in the same boat. I don't know, this is my story, but you can hop on if you want, right? I wanna look more like Jesus, what do I do? The first thing I did is I read this incredible book. It's a biography uh, about Jesus. Um, it's called John. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, in this, it's in this guy here, the Bible, right? It's a, it's, it's a really good book. You know, I, like it's like, I'm not gonna spend forever on this. I could like sidebar so many things about this. This, this thing is awesome. Uh, it's really good. Like these first four books in the New Testament, if you wanna look like Jesus, like you need to be reading those, like probably all of the time. There are four biographies on the life of Jesus, right? And as disciples of Jesus, if that's what we wanna look like, let's read the biographies, right? So I'm reading John. And I'm, I'm looking at what Jesus said. And it's important for you to know these, these steps that I'm saying to take to look more like Jesus are not coming from like infinite wisdom that I'm obtained. I'm just going to the source, right? I'm talking about what did Jesus say, right? So if I want to know who Jesus was, which was kind of the first thing, right? Remember who Jesus is. That's the first thing. I'm going to see who Jesus said he was and is. Right? So here's what Jesus said. I'm going to shoot through these. There's seven of them. They're called the I Ams. You, you know these. Um, they're in the book of John. I'm not going to spend forever talking about each one, or this would be like a four-hour sermon because I love all of these so much. Um, the first one is this. I am the bread of life. Right? So again, the idea here, I want to know who Jesus is simply for the sake of reverence. I'm a big reverence guy, right? I think it's so important for us to remember who we're talking about when we say, especially if I'm saying I want to model my life after somebody, Right? Reverence is important. I need to know who I'm talking about. So this first one says, I am the bread of life. Right? He talks about how he is the light of the world. Talks about how he is the door or a gate. Also the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life. The way, the truth, and the life. Right? You know that one. No man comes to the Father except through him. Yeah, that's right. You guys know that one. And the vine, right? The vine's so good. Right? Apart from him, we are nothing. So we've got to stay connected to that vine. So I recognize this, right? Yes, that's who Jesus says he is. For me, if I'm assessing my life, if I'm assessing things in my life right now, uh, if I'm assessing the things going on in my life right now, I believe all of these things, right? So the gap that I've got probably isn't that I don't believe this, though I will say my reverence wasn't at a great spot. I believe these things, but kind of stumbling, but I wouldn't necessarily say like that's where the issue lied. So I studied those things great. Next thing we come to is this. Remember what he said to do, right? Okay. What did he say to do? So I read, I read the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm reading everything that Jesus said. I read literally everything that Jesus said. I'm reading on all the things he tells us to do, right? And, and what Jesus does in a really nice way, in a really nice, clean, wrap this thing up kind of way, they ask him, what's the greatest commandment? Right? You guys know this one? I'll read it to you if you don't know. So in Mark 12, verse 30, I'll back up a little bit. It says this, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked of all the commandments, which is the most important? So this is what Jesus said to do. Jesus replied, the most important, important, <laughs> the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So basically, 
All of his teaching is pretty much summed up there, right? Love is like the great equalizer of all of Jesus' teaching, right? Like that's, that's, that's a big one. So to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, if you start to break down, not to get too geeky on like the original Greek and stuff like that, but that word strength, it kind of like breaks down to like an adverb, and it means like your muchness, like, like everything, like all of your resources, like your time, your energy, like everything, like to love God with everything you've got, everything you've got. And then equally as important, it says, to love your neighbor as yourself. Like to love your neighbor as yourself. I don't want to get into what neighbor means because what I want neighbor to mean is like love the person that you love the absolute most as yourself. But that unfortunately is not what it means. It means like the neighbor on the other side. You know what I mean? Like if I, we have, a, I'm not, my neighbor doesn't listen to my sermons, so I can talk about him a little. But uh, I've got neighbors who've been in a house for about 15 years right now. I love my house, I love my neighborhood, I love my neighbors. We do have some neighbors though that have like those dogs that, I don't know why they have dogs. They're just always outside barking, like all of the time. And their, their porch is like 10 feet away from my window. And it's like, ugh, like we have so many like, kind of like, ugh, they drive me crazy. Um, but I gotta love them too, right? And there's people in my life that are difficult. Maybe some sitting in this room. <laughs> and I gotta love you too. So if I'm looking at my life, right? So I'm looking at my life, I wanna get this right. I wanna look more like Jesus. Who is Jesus? What does he say to do? I'm all in for the ideas presented here of loving God with all my heart, soul, strength, mind. I'm all in for those things. I'm all in for trying to love my neighbor, but there's a little bit of a problem there, right? I'm not doing it that well. And, and I kind of like, okay, well, I, what I try to do is I just try to fix these things, right? I'm just gonna like love God, I'm just gonna squeeze and then I'll love God more. Like, you know, I'm just gonna try really, really hard and I'm gonna love God more. I'm just gonna fix the problem of why I don't love people more. I'm just gonna start loving people more. I'm just gonna love God more. I'm just gonna do what Jesus said more. I'm just gonna do it, that's what I'm doing. I will fix this. How do you think that went? Not that great, right? So I recognize there's gotta be a third step here, right? He tells us what to do. The third step is this. Remember how he said to do it, right? I think so many times in church, what happens, and this is an error from leadership at times, or we tell you, this is what Jesus said, love your neighbor, so go love your neighbor, right? Love Jesus, right? So go love Jesus. And I think sometimes we miss out on kind of the how we're supposed to do that. So again, and going back to my, my reading of these biographies, the first one in the New Testament is Matthew. In Matthew 11, Jesus is talking. The prayer of thanksgiving is what the section is called here, and he's teaching. And Jesus says this, and you've heard this before, and I'm gonna break it down maybe in a little bit of a different way, but I want you to hear it. Jesus says this, we're trying to figure out how we're supposed to do this stuff, right? How are we supposed to do this? He says this, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Ooh, that sounds good, doesn't it? Essentially, what he's saying here, right, 
is like, what you need to do is come to me. Like, the rest you seek, the peace you seek is here with me. And he says to follow him, right? And when I read that, I was listening to like a lot of podcasts about like, I'm really just trying to break this thing down on my sabbatical. And like a way to break this down that I never really thought about was essentially this. Jesus is basically saying, follow my lead. Like, you don't have to figure this thing out by yourself. Follow my lead. And so I started looking at what his lead looked like. Obviously, we, we know who he is, right? Obviously, we know what he said to do. But something I really never did was actually look at how Jesus did it himself. Like the actual lifestyle of Jesus. Like the practices of Jesus. You might call them like the spiritual disciplines, right? That's a super churchy way to say it. But essentially, like the day-to-day of Jesus, what did that look like? Think of, like I'm in a busy season of life. Jesus had three and a half years to change the face of humanity. Three and a half years. That's what he had. If you read this, rarely is Jesus speaking out of turn, right? Rarely do his emotions get the best of him and anger just takes over and he can't control himself. Rarely is Jesus saying like, I can't deal with that right now. I'm just too busy. Rarely do you see Jesus in a hurry. Ever. How did he do this? Like, we're told the same spirit that he had we have living inside of us. That's what produces the fruit of the Spirit, right? So what did he do? So I started just like deep diving into the spiritual disciplines, right? The practices of Jesus. Because if I want to look more like Jesus, doesn't it make sense that I pay attention to how he lived his life, right? When I was little, I wanted to be a boxer like Rocky Balboa. Right? So you know what I had to do? You gotta drink some raw eggs, man. Like that's what he did. You know what I mean? If we read a biography, so many of us read biographies and we're like, we're looking at like the details of their life. What does their routine look like? Some of you read books just on routines, but rarely do we look at like the routine of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, like I wanna look like Thor. You know what I mean? If Thor's taking cold showers, I'm taking cold showers. You know what I mean? Like that's just, I'm just doing it. Right? And so, like, what does Jesus, we know what he says to do. How did he do it? What was he doing? And so you read this. This isn't difficult. I'm not, like, cracking a code or anything like this. There's certain spiritual disciplines and practices. There's some debate on how many there are and all that stuff. But it's amazing if you read, right? And you think about the, the time frame we're talking about here. The way that Jesus lived. How much time he spent in prayer, right? Practice of his is prayer. Jesus prays so much. He's constantly in communication with the Father. Constantly in communication with the Father. Fasting. Jesus fasts a lot. That's a thing. I don't think it's just a thing that he liked to do. I think it's a practice and a necessary and an important practice. He practiced the Sabbath. You know, there's lots of stuff we think about Jesus and say, we don't take a Sabbath. Jesus said we could heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus observed a Sabbath. Think about that. Jesus observed a Sabbath. Okay, I'm not going to get my calculator out. He had three and a half years, right? A seventh of those were spent in Sabbath, where he was not really working. A seventh of those 
That's pretty impressive, right? Okay, Sabbath. Scripture, Jesus knew the word. Jesus knew the word. Jesus knew the scriptures, right? He starts off his ministry fighting with the devil, this 40 days in the wilderness, fasting, praying with scriptures, in solitude, another practice he practiced a lot, solitude, right? Jesus a lot of times heals people, big crowds, takes a break, goes off into the mountains, right? Going for a hike by himself, man. Like, we got solitude. It's a big deal. He starts off 40 days, right? Initially, I read this, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. All Jesus had 40 days to fight off Satan was scripture, solitude, fasting, and prayer. That's all he had. But you know what happens when you really start diving into it? It's not all he had. It's all he needed. That's all he needed to fight off Satan. That's it. That's what he needed. That was his superpower was that. He stayed in those things constantly. There's others to get into. I'll just, those are the ones I'll just kind of throw out there for today. So for me, I started like, like a little light bulb went out, and I'm like, this is like, this is what I'm missing. I'm missing this. I don't have this. I, I mean, I'm, I pray, right? And this is the part where you're probably gonna be like, wow, this is kind of like disheartening to hear. I consider myself to be a not great prayer, Okay, like I, I know how to pray, sort of. I like kind of like to pray. I make my kids pray, you know what I mean? Like, like that, but like there wasn't like a big like, why am I doing this? How do I do this sort of a thing? The, like prayer to me was like kind of like, I'll do it because I'm supposed to do it, but I'm not really sure exactly how this thing works exactly. And I've seen it work some, but like I don't have like much to it. So I decided, like, I want that. Like, that's what I want. I want more of that. I want Sabbath, this idea of, like, resting, right? And, and just enjoying my family and enjoying my community. Like, that sounds, that sounds amazing. Fasting, that sounds scary. Because I really like to eat. You know what I mean? And uh, I get hangry, you know? Like, it's, a, it's like a thing, but like, I, like he's, if that's what he does, like I wanna look at that more. The scriptures, like, makes sense, like yes, like this makes sense, if I've, if I've got problems, maybe I can get into this more. And more than just like come on Sunday and listen to the pastor talk for 35 minutes kind of scripture, like on my own kind of scripture. You guys are allowed to read this outside of this building. <laughs> and, and it's, I'll just, I'll leave it there. Solitude, that one sounds amazing. By myself? Are you kidding me? Like that sounds so great. I don't need to be sold on solitude. I'm all in for all of the practices. Let's do this thing. What's the problem? I don't know how to do them. I don't know how to find time to do them. That is the problem. I'm all in for who Jesus says that he is. I'm all in for how the things that he says to do. I'm even all in for how he's saying to do it. I wanna just come to him. I wanna just lay it down to him. I wanna look at him and say, I wanna do it how you did it, Jesus. The problem was there was a gap. That Jesus lived his life one way and I lived my life the other. Now I'm aware a first century Jew's life in my life looked significantly different, right? But 
I think if Jesus was here today, I don't think he would say, so it's cool if you guys don't read the Bible. Because, you know, there's just so much stuff going on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, think, I don't think he'd be like, you know what, guys? I know today was supposed to be a Sabbath, but, like, it's really important that you have a really nice house. So go ahead and work, like, a lot extra. And just cut out Sabbath from your life. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Prayer, you guys are swamped. Like, you know what I mean? I already know everything. Like, you don't have to say it to me. It's fine. Like, you don't need to pray. It's not that big of a deal. I don't think he would do that. Do you? I don't think he would, right? So I've got a gap. I know how I want to live, and I know how I'm living. And there's a gap there. So I've got to find a way to bridge that gap, right? So how do I fill this gap? So what have we done so far? We've looked at what Jesus did, right? So how did Jesus fill this gap, right? Because my guess is Jesus was getting pulled in a few directions in his day once his ministry started. Don't you think? Once the word got out, this guy could heal people. Don't you think some people wanted after him? Once we heard this guy was saying he was the Messiah, don't you think there were some people that wanted to talk to him a little bit? This was a guy that could have had a very, very, very full calendar and live his life in nothing but a mess of a hurry and justified it. And we all would have been like, yeah, it makes sense. But he didn't. So how did he do that? What did he do? Right? We know that he did these practices, but how was he even able to do those? And in reading the Bible and looking at his life, the thing, this is so simple. I'm going to give you like the most simple like thing ever here. If you want to take notes, write this down. So how do we fill the gap? How did Jesus fill the gap? You know how Jesus filled the gap? He made himself available. Right? You want God to talk to you? You want to hear what God has to say? You want to have communion with God? You want answers to prayers? You want to figure out what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be living? You've got to make yourself available. For me, I was not making myself available. It was a lot of questions going up. And like, when would God have responded to me with my schedule? Like at what point during my day? I mean, a literal schedule of wake up and go to sleep and completely filled in there with stuff. Completely filled in. When would I have been available for God to speak to me? When would I have been available to take 30 minutes of silence? When would I have done it? I, like, I literally, I can't tell you, like, how, like, embarrassing this is to share with you. But, like, I have, I, I pretty much have to say, I, got, I can't make myself, like, there's nowhere to make myself available. Like, this is not good at all. I can't make myself available. So I'm like, okay, great. So I've got to become more available. What's like a super practical way that I can become more available? Let's look at Jesus. <laughs> He's killing me. Jesus is killing me in this, right? He didn't work. He didn't work. Well, he did a lot of walking. <laughs> I think Jesus was a runner. I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, <laughs> but you know what he didn't have that I had? Distractions. Oh. So if I want to become available, I've got to remove distractions. Oh my goodness. But what distraction could I possibly have that would keep me? You know what I mean? Like, like simply put, my life is just so busy. God, I don't think you understand. 
I'm pretty busy down here. I don't think I have any distractions whatsoever. So on my sabbatical, I decide to say, what are the distractions, Lord? I think I'm doing all you're asking me to do down here. I don't think there's any distractions. What could it possibly be? Uh, real quick, Lord, before I finish that thought, let me check my phone for something, right? So let me, this is, a, this is an iPhone. You guys know about this? You do know about this. Get ready for some conviction. Okay, here's the thing about us. This is a wonderful tool. Some of you are on it right now for reading your Bible, which is awesome. And I'm not saying this applies to everyone across the board, but I will say that the average time spent on the phone, regardless of age, is between four to five hours a day. Four to five hours a day. Right? Well, I work. I work. I know, I say that too. I work, right? I work, but I work. But like, I started to break down like how much work actually happened. Maybe 45 minutes? <laughs> so, so, really we're talking about three and a half hours a day on the phone, but I don't have time for a Sabbath, but I'm like, wait a second, three and a half hours a day, seven days a week, that comes out to about 24 hours. So maybe I do have an actual full day a week that I'm on my phone. And if you just keep doing the math on that, it gets nasty. That's 52 days a year I'm on my cell phone. That's a month and a half I'm on my cell phone. A month and a half I'm on my phone. If I'm curious why I can't make myself available, maybe it's because my year is 10 and a half months long and not 12. That one hurts. That hurt me. I'm sure you guys don't struggle with the same thing that I struggle with. But if you do, you got to pay attention to it, right? We've got to eliminate distractions. We're so surrounded with distractions. So surrounded with distractions. Like we justify distractions, but for me, I was so, like everything around me was a distraction. Everything around me was a distraction. I couldn't like have a moment of silence. My, like I tried and like my body like rejected it. It was essentially like you, no, like no, the silence is not good. This is not good. You can't do this. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. Because I'm so distracted. So obviously like knife to the chest moment for me, right? Like this is like gut wrenching. Someone just punched me in the stomach right here with this. I said, okay, I'm going to eliminate some distractions, right? I'm on sabbatical. This is what we're supposed to be doing here. I'm going to eliminate some distractions. So I pay attention to my life. I've got some things around me. I've got some distractions, okay? I'll tell you an interesting one. It takes me like 20 minutes, 25 minutes to get to work every day. I was like, what if I turned off music, podcast for 25 minutes? What if I turn my phone off for 25 minutes? And I just took that time to try some of these practices, right? Amazing. I take my kids to practice. I love being at my kids' practice, practices. My kids love sports. We play sports, lots of sports. My daughter plays soccer, uh, club soccer, which what a world that is. Um, she plays club soccer, and they have a facility, and parents aren't allowed on the field. Great rule, by the way. Like, they're allowed outside of the fence, but they cannot come onto the field, so they do not talk to their children. 
great rule. Like, on, I'm, as a coach, I love this rule. But as a parent, I'm like essentially just like standing out there, like trying to see what's going. Ellie, I'm here. Like, you know, here I am. If you need any tips, like, you know, ask me. I have no idea what I'm talking about because I don't even know what this sport is. But like, I'm here if you need anything. And so I'm like, well, maybe it's possible during this hour and 20 minutes. What if I can just maybe slip aside over to this bench over here and open this guy up? You know what I mean? So like it's, like, it's like little things that I kind of look for. And so I eliminated some distractions. There's others. Those are big ones for me. The phone, obviously, is like the monster, right? So I eliminate some distractions. And I say, I want to focus in on living my life how Jesus lived his. And so I really just picked one because I didn't want to get like overwhelmed with all the disciplines, right? So I picked prayer. Pick prayer. I thought that was a good one to start with. And I really started paying attention to prayer. And I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it today because I was so, like, here's a church word, transformed by what happened to my life when I started getting intentional with my prayer life. I was so changed by that that we're actually going to launch into about an eight-week series on prayer. Because I think the more I talk to people, the more I see the story isn't just a story about me, is it? This is all of us. We all struggle. It's a really, really, really difficult world. There are lots and lots of good distractions out there. I truly believe that if we can eliminate some of those distractions and we take some intentional time to make ourselves available, we'll be able to do the things that Jesus did and how he lived his life. So I focus in on prayer, and things start to happen. This is where this is kind of a cool story. I start praying. Here's the good news about prayer. There's no good or bad way to do it. So if you say, I don't know how to pray, the only wrong way to pray is to not pray. That's it, right? There can be like advancements in like the comfortability, your strategy, what you're doing in these things, the rhythms of the things, all these things, exactly what we're praying for, all this stuff. But I will tell you right now today, if you're here and saying, like, I never pray, if you decide to just start praying, that will be fine. You can't mess it up. This is your heavenly father. Those of you with kids understand this, right? Does it matter what your kids say to you? It does not matter what my 15-year-old talks to me about. I do not care. I will literally listen to anything he wants to talk to me about because he doesn't talk that much. He doesn't want to talk to me that much right now. Like, that's it. If he wants to talk to me about fantasy football for three and a half hours, that's okay. Like, that's what we'll do. If I've got to hear about the new 2K game, like, and we go over what's different this year than last year, like, great. Like, that's, that's amazing. I think with prayer, it's the same thing. I think God just wants to hear from you. But we're going to get into more of that here in a few weeks. But I started to pray. And it started to work and not in work in the sense of this, right? When we say prayer works, what you're probably thinking is, that means all of your prayers were answered, right? That's what we think about. God, answer my prayers with the yes and the answer that I want to, you to answer it by. But see, I started this thing off saying, I want to look more like Jesus because I'm lacking peace, joy, self-control, all the fruits, and I need answers. Like, those are the things that had to happen. And I ended my sabbatical having kind of a transformation of life 
through my prayer life, and again, we'll get into much more details of this in the next few weeks, please keep coming to church, right? Maybe even every week, like give it a shot. Like I promise it's gonna be worth it. Just try it for the rest of this year. And so I'm like, God, this is what I think I need. So then I start praying, and then what I uncover is this. I say it worked, not because everything was answered. Not that. The exact opposite. I say it worked because circumstantially, there is no difference in my life. If you were to look at the problems I had pre-sabbatical and the problems I have post-sabbatical, I still struggle with the same things. I still don't know what I'm gonna be when I grow up. You know what I mean? Like those problems were still the same. I felt like a horrible parent before sabbatical. I mean like every day, every day, horrible parent. Post sabbatical, I still think I'm not doing that great, right? But the reason it was answered is because what I found was I didn't need those things answered. What I needed was peace. That's what I needed. That was the fruit that I was missing more than anything, was peace. And so I'm telling you here today, as a broken man, I think that this story, again, might not just be about me. I think it might be you too. And if it's you today, and you're feeling like a little, like, a little lost of like, yes, I believe in Jesus, I'm a believer, great. I think the turning point needs to come when we say that isn't like the end, but that your salvation is actually the beginning. And that's a difficult thing to do unless, unless we are sure we know who Jesus actually is. And unless we know exactly what he told us to do and we focus our life on doing those things and we recognize it's super difficult to do those things if we don't do it the way that he asked us to do it. And that's just to come to him, to follow his lead. And if you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I wanna, I wanna challenge you this week, right? Two challenges for you this week, okay? I'm not saying this is gonna click and you're gonna just change your life into this whole new spiritual transformation, your disciplines are this, this, and this. All I'm asking you to do this week is this. Pay attention. If you say, yes, I wanna be a disciple of Jesus, right? a follower of Jesus, uh, an apprentice to Jesus, I love that word, an apprentice to Jesus, right? I'm just want, I just wanna look like him. If that's you today, what I'm gonna ask you to do is to pay attention this week to how available you are for that to happen. What does your availability to God look like? What does it look like, right? When are we making time for things? Is there time in your week? Maybe you wanna mold some time out during the week, right? Like maybe you wanna figure out that 30 days. And if you're like, I just can't figure out when to do it, the next thing I want you to do is what are the distractions, right? I'm not even asking you to fix the distractions. Like literally this week, all I'm asking you to do is to pay attention to see like, am I available? And if the answer is no, what are the distractions? Just list the distractions. Write them down on your phone if you want. <laughs> like, okay, that's my challenge for you. Because I want to tell you something. I think that there are really amazing things ahead for you. I do. And not in like this like prosperity kind of way, 
right? Not in that you're gonna get the riches of life. No, absolutely not. I will tell you, little trick here, little something you should know about. As soon as you start doing this, you're gonna wake Satan up and he is all over you. Like it is going to get so difficult, right? But guess what? We start diving into this stuff. We start digging into these practices. We start doing this thing. We start recognizing it's not all that we have, but it's all that we need. Then we're able to start fighting Satan off and saying, like, it's fine. Come at me. I got, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll count it as joy. That's what the Bible tells us to do. I'll count it as joy. I want you guys to have that. I'm not saying I've got this all figured out for myself, but I want you guys to find a peace that passes understanding that is there. And it lives in that spirit that's inside of you as believers. And I think a lot of us have just piled so much stuff on top of it, we've just pushed those gifts down. I want other people to see Jesus through you. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want to be a part of this idea of the kingdom here on earth? You can play a part of this. You don't have to sit up here and preach to people. You can simply live your life. Having Jesus live through you, all you have to do, I believe, to start that journey is to become available. And if you're struggling with that availability, I challenge you to write down the distractions and then keep coming back to church. And let's talk some more about what to do next. That sound all right? I appreciate you guys listening to that story. Again, a bit embarrassing to say, but I don't care. I, I really don't. I, I, really want, I really want you to see Jesus through me somehow. And I'm kind of embarrassed that I wasn't doing very good at that. And I'm still kind of embarrassed at how I'm doing. But I got a peace that I didn't have before. And through that peace, like, I can see the joy meter, like, starting to, like, go up a little. I can see the self-control start to, like, click a little bit. And I still have the same issues, but I've got peace. And it's not all that I have. I think it's all that I need. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for my messy life. Um, and for letting me talk. for emotions. And God, I just pray that today, I don't care if there's 400 people in this room. I just want one. To feel what I feel. And that's your peace in a really messy world where I keep messing up and where we keep messing up. Lord, I pray that that one person here, whoever that is, will learn to not put them faith, their faith in themselves because they will fall short and we all fall short, Lord. But for pride to take a back seat and for them to trust that they want to look like you, Lord, and to trust that they can look like you. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for how it works. Thank you for how sometimes it sneaks up on us. Lord, I know sometimes we forget about it but help us get the courage and find the time to dive into it more, Lord. Help us become more available this week. And Lord, for those of us that want to become available, like me, and just say, I just can't, Lord, let us pay attention and be honest 
and transparent with ourselves about what the distractions are in our lives, Lord. And help us find the tools to eliminate those distractions. God, again, I thank you for this opportunity. And I pray for each person here in this room today. In your name we pray. Amen. Yes, oh, sorry about that. <laughs>